You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I'm Bill Powers. It's Mining Stock Education. Thanks for tuning in. We're speaking with Nick Santiago, who is a master trader, over 30 years experience, was a broker, but he runs a service. You can find more information about it at inthemoneystocks.com. Nick, thanks for coming back onto the show. Uh, quite volatile and interesting times, both geopolitically and financial. And you have to observe both when you're a trader. When you look at the Russia, NATO, Ukraine situation, particularly all the export bans or the sanctions and everything that's going on in the commodity sphere, uh, what is your analysis here? How is it affecting you as a trader? And what are some of the best opportunities that you see? Well, it's made a lot of opportunities for us. And that's the one thing as a trader we like, you know, I, I don't think it's great for society. I don't think it's great for the world. So I don't want people to think I'm, I'm happy about a war going on, but as a trader, we do exploit opportunity. Um, recently, you know, you could see when the sanctions first went on, they were put on by the U S and then you had actually com companies, U S companies and companies abroad cancel Russia. They were pulling out and, I've never seen anything like that. So that's been a first for me where, you know, people not only are getting canceled, but now you see a country getting canceled. I thought that was quite remarkable. Uh, the Russian ruble tumbled against the dollar. Uh, U.S. dollar versus the ruble went above 155. Now it's around uh, 80. And basically those sanctions mean nothing. Uh, you can see how easily Russia was able to strengthen their currency uh, in just a matter of three weeks. So, you know, basically Russian ruble is right back to where it was before the sanctions were even put on. Another thing is we really can't believe anything coming out of there. It's really all propaganda. Nobody knows the truth. Nobody believes this guy Zelensky, who's an actor, a comedian, is really running the show. So I just take it with a grain of salt and I just go about and trade. And it's created some very, very good opportunities for all the traders in the world that know what they're doing. If you can read a chart, you can make money in this environment. And that's, we've done pretty, pretty well recently. You've uh, told me in past interviews that the, the last year was a very difficult year as a trader. And because of these sanctions on Russia, Russia puts out so much nickel. We saw the nickel price jump 60%, 6-0 in a day. For a commodity to do that, that's quite insane. When you look at things like that, Nick, do you just say hands off that market because I don't know what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you stay hands off until it gets so parabolic, then you play the other side of it. Um, you know, we've seen moves in almost every commodity, including gold. We've seen it in oil. We've seen it in, in just about everything across the board. Um, ag stocks, agriculture stocks, right? Because it's such a big ag producer. We've seen it in wheat because Ukraine is such a big wheat producer. So it creates opportunities for traders. And uh, again, it's not good for society. It's not good for the world. Um, I, I just find that this war is somewhat different. I just don't find it to be credible like past wars. Even if, I'm not even sure if they're credible anymore, but it creates opportunity. And if you know what you're doing, you can exploit it. You can make money off of it. Like I said, it, it's not something I'm, I'm proud to say I can do. But, um, you know, as a trader, that's what we do. We look for opportunities. And just like anybody out there, you know, if you have an edge over the marketplace, you take advantage of it. But it, it's really insane what we're seeing here. And it's going to have an adverse effect ultimately on the public and the public at large, whether you're here in Europe, you're in Europe or you're here in the United States. 
So it's not a good thing for society, but for a trader, we're going to make money off of this. There are many voices that are pointing out uh, food shortages, especially here in the West and North America that we should expect. And then with the supply of grains and fertilizer coming out of Ukraine and Russia, it seems to further exacerbate that issue. So as a trader, if you're bearish on the economy like you are, are you going to be shorting, you know, extracurricular things that people do, maybe restaurants or movie theaters, but then going long Kroger or grocers? How are you playing that whole setup, Nick? To, to be honest, Bill, I haven't been short the market now in really since uh, mid-February or late February. I've been long. So you flipped and because you were ultra bearish 15 I months wrote- ago. I rode the wave down, and then I, I know as a trader, when something becomes too oversold, you've got to flip it. And I'm having a great year so far. And um, again, right now I have, believe it or not, I don't even have a single, I have one short out there. I have a Valero put option out there. But outside of that, I have all longs. And, you know, they've been working. And in, even in my, my swing trade portfolio, I got, you know, uh, two nice trades. I'm, I'm riding the second, the second position. You know, I already took half off. I'm playing with the house's money now. So, you know, again, um, even last week made some money on transports, even in a day trade because it was just so extended. So if you know what you're doing and you know how to read charts, you know, when these oversold conditions occur and you can play those bounces, bear markets are notorious for bounces. Just look at the move that we had, um, just a few weeks ago. The market jumped over 10%. I mean, on the S&P 500, it was just an incredible run. And that occurred in 11 trading days. So if you know what you're doing, you're going to be able to make money there. And I was able to capitalize on it. And hopefully, I love this volatility as a trader. This is a trader's dream. Unlike last year, where every dip was just you know being bought up because there was so much liquidity in the system. Now you don't have a Federal Reserve that is doing a quantitative easing of 120 billion dollars a month. They're not doing anything any longer. So, you know, you have a, 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 a more rational market now. Back then, we didn't have a rational market. It was irrational. I mean, we had a hedge fund last year collapse, a big one, and the market went up. So when you see that, you got to adjust with it. And, you know, even though I was bearish last year, after that first quarter, I really wasn't bearish anymore because I said, well, I'm not fighting this trend. And that's what you have to do as a trader. You have to follow charts and, and just trade along with that trend. And also know where things are overbought and oversold. Okay. So because of that updated analysis, yesterday I was talking to someone who had a seven-figure net gain from real estate sale, a recent real estate sale that they were going to put somewhere for an investment. And my advice was I would not put it in the general equities right now because things are so volatile, so unknown. And even though you have these money, money managed money accounts that track the general equities, Keep it out of there, at least for now. So how do you think about that advice, Noah, or Nick, excuse me? I think it's good advice. I mean, you know, everybody thinks that they need to put their money somewhere, but nobody realizes that dollars at a 52-week high right now. So why not keep it in the bank? You know, you could you could put your money there and park it until you have a, a more stable stock market. If you're not a trader, I wouldn't even be in this environment. You know, this is so tough for people that don't know what they're doing. It's tough for, for, for professionals that, that know what they're doing. But if, if, you're, if you're somebody that you know, just wants to be in something all the time, that's a gambler's mentality. And that's what the market has conditioned over the, the past 10 years or so. I mean, just think about it. Look at, remember, if you remember a couple uh, interviews back, I said there's a lot of weak holders out there. 
And I pointed to the Robin Hood crowd and the eToros. And I don't mean to call those people weak people or anything like that. But I just know they've never dealt with any kind of correction yet, let let uh, let alone a bear market. So you know, we know at, from past history that anybody that's been riding a bull wave thinks they're smart. But when the bull ends, not a lot of people know how to stay in the in the corral, and they're going to get you know knocked off the bull. And and that's what happened here. So you know, these are going to be volatile markets throughout the rest of the year. And if you don't know what you're doing or you don't understand charts, you better learn quickly or else you're not going to survive this year. So the dollar, it's measured relative to other currencies. But when we value our dollar relative to what you and I have to buy every day, we're losing about at least 15% a year, right? So what are you doing to hedge that? Besides gold and silver, which you're a proponent of, what are you doing to hedge that loss in purchasing power? Well, see, for me, it's a little bit of a different story because I'm always in the market. So I, I'm always trying to exploit something that nobody else is even looking at. And, um, you know, when you have a, 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 a currency that is, that is moving higher, but yet inflation is outpacing it by a dramatic amount, there's really nothing anybody can do. We're all losers to inflation. It's, it's a direct tax on everybody. So you just perform the best you can and, and you try to weather the storm. But there's, there's not a lot anybody can do about that. It's just the way it is. Because all currencies out there, either you're trading the currency market now or you know, you're dealing with inflation. But inflation is going on everywhere and it's hit every aspect of our lives. I mean, you know, unfortunately, people that are the poorest pay the most because they don't have the means uh, to fill up their gas tank uh, every, uh, every week and, and spend a hundred bucks on it. You know, it's just, it's just incredible what we're seeing. But this isn't due to Russia and Ukraine. This has been happening really since the start of this Biden administration. And we talked about that, you know, before he was even got into office. I said, if he's elected, you're going to have some real problems here. This is none of this is a surprise. Are you playing the volatility trade, VIX? I haven't done a lot in the VIX lately. And, and, and honestly, I'll tell you why. My members, they don't really have access to equity index. So um, we, we have to do it with the VXX and the, these products all skewed. They're not really true volatility products because they have to go out into the future. And, um, you know, it, it's just been a tough trade all the way around. And I trade off of math. So I have to have a certain level to get into and in and out of everything. And honestly, the VIX has never get, gotten into my level much this year. So we've, we've kind of left it alone. So you believe the Fed's going to follow through, Nick? If I gather from what you're saying, you think they're going to follow through on these half percentage raise multiple times this year? I do. I, I think they have to. If they don't do it, they're going to lose all credibility. I mean, they, they've created this. I mean, you cannot go out and have a balance sheet of eight, nine trillion dollars and think there's not going to ultimately be inflation. It's, it's, it's absurd. These guys have distorted the markets with this money printing that's going on. I mean, even if you look back at the last time that the, the last QE when it started, which was December of 2018, we topped out on the fall equinox and we bottomed out right the day after Christmas. And right then and there, the Fed implemented $120 billion a month QE program and they cut interest rates back down to zero. Now, the stock market was moving higher. Now we had the COVID incident, but the stock market recovered a ton. These guys have not removed any liquidity. They let it run hot. 
So by letting it run, run hot, you've got the scenario that we're in now. Then you add bad policy to it through the Biden administration, which is, I mean, the approval rating says it all. It's a catastrophe. Um, you know, you're letting people into the country. You're, you're, you, you, I mean, I can't even tell you the bills that they passed and turned into law that are costing the American taxpayers money. So our debt now is over $30 trillion. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, an MBA, a statistician, a mathematician, but boy, I could do that math and tell you that doesn't add up. You're going to get inflation. I mean, it's just 101. But this has got to be what they want. So, you know, what can I say? It's, it's just not a good thing for, for the sake of, uh, of people living around the world. So will they be able to curb inflation and will it be at the expense of the general equities, I guess, would be my question for the next 12 months. Yes, they'll be able to try to curb inflation or at least tame it. They'll be able to tame it. And, and believe it or not, the U.S. market may not be terrible. And I'll explain why. Because capital flows are going to leave other places and they have nowhere to go. Nick, this so is a dramatic do- reversal of your pre-Biden comments. Well, <laughs> I just watched the charts, right? So I'm looking at these charts and I'm saying, okay, money is leaving the euro. Have you looked at the euro lately? This thing is a catastrophe. This is this euro is is it's going bust. I mean, the whole European financial system is a dud. It it it's it's hanging on by a shoestring. I mean, I got fishing wire from my fishing poles that are stronger than this economy. It's terrible. So believe me when I tell you. The euro is falling. What are they going to do? Those rich Europeans are going to come and they're going to flood into the dollar. And that's why you see the dollar where it is right now. What happened when they don't need those dollars, though, right? You don't need the dollars to buy oil. All of those dollars are going to go where they can purchase something with those dollars, which is back here, right? And isn't this what everybody's been talking about for like? That's exactly right. And what are they going to buy? They're going to buy U.S. stocks. And that's what they've been doing. Now, I'm not saying, you know, tech is going to be the hot play because tech doesn't do well in this kind of environment. But I own Kimberly Clark. I own Ross Stores, a discount retailer. Well, nobody's going to want to pay retail anymore. They're going to go to a discount retailer. You know, so you could find plays like that. Everybody needs toilet paper. Everybody needs razor blades. So Kimberly Clark, they provide that stuff. These are the things that you have to get into. And those are going to be the outperformers in the market, you know. If you're just looking at, you know, hey, I want the next hot tech stock, you're not going to make it in this environment. you got to know where the money is flowing, where the money is going into, and you do that by reading charts. And I've, I've always said it. Read the charts, read the charts, read the charts. It'll tell you what to do. So fiat dollars will rush into real assets. Uh, DBA, the Bloomberg Commodity Index, is that looking strong to you then? Yeah, it's strong right now, but it, it's strong really because this war is going on, right? So this war is keeping a bid in, in things like precious metals, keeping a bid in a lot of the energies. Um, that gas is on fire right now. That gas is probably, uh, not probably, it's definitely a stronger chart than oil right now. That gas is soaring. So, you know, when, when you look at these kind of charts, you've got to know where that money is going. And when you see, it, it's a game of hot potato. You know, it's as if I were to hand you a dollar, you hand the next guy a dollar. We're all passing around the same buck, right? But sometimes the money's not coming to you for a while, you know, Bill doesn't get a turn for about five more people. So that's what it is. The money's just got to circulate. And you're seeing that happening all over the world right now. And in my opinion, it's going to continue to happen. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to get a nice, uh, another big correction. But 
at the moment, you know, the market still is is hanging in there pretty well, and it just had a monster, monster recovery from the sell off. But this is a trader's market now. Later on, we'll go into another bear phase. But at the moment, you know, you want to trade. FAZ, that ticker, uh, triple leveraged inverted ETF against the financial sector. What do you think? Is it hands off or because I've been looking at that one again, Nick? (laughs) I don't like the triple ETFs because they're really just short term vehicles. They're almost like day trading vehicles, because if you're ever wrong and it goes against you, the deterioration of those ETFs is dramatic. It happens so quickly. So for me, I would advise I don't even trade them myself. So I don't use those triple ETFs, not to say they they can't be played. They can, but I'm I'm never one for doing that. Now I do not like the financials right now at the moment. I just think that you have a lot going on with the inverted yield curve. You have a lot going on um, with with companies like Citigroup that just look terrible on the charts. So when you see a mega bank like Citigroup looking so poorly, I think you got to be very very careful here with the banks. Um, not to say they're not they're not going to be bounce plays. But they're not long-term investments at this moment. So Tesla is going to look to mine Bitcoin using solar energy. I also, in the last few weeks, was given a prospectus of a company that's looking to tap into like natural gas at a low cost to mine cryptocurrencies. This is a private company, so I thought that was interesting. I honestly don't even know how to fully analyze something like that right now. What are some of your insights on this whole trend? Well, you know, you see more and more companies starting to announce this, and whether it's private or whether it's public. Recently, uh, as you said, fr- this past Friday, I think Tesla announced it with blockchain, with uh, excuse me, with Square. Now they call themselves Block, but that's Jack Dorsey's company. And I find it ironic that Elon Musk took a nine percent stake in Twitter, which Dorsey just stepped down from as CEO, and now he's just running running Square, which or formerly known as Square. Now it's Block. And they're going to mine Bitcoin together in Texas using some kind of uh, solar power or something. You know, I just think too many companies are in the space. It's crowded now. Everybody's trying to mine Bitcoin. Isn't Bitcoin supposed to have a cap at some point? 21 million or something? Yeah. I mean, so what are we at? 19 million now? I mean, what's left? Two million? So it becomes a little bit tougher to mine. You know, I I don't know the whole story there, but I think that space is getting very, very crowded. You know, what's left to do in that space when you got 2 million? You know, you got people mining that stuff all over the place. So you haven't been buying land in the metaverse or trading in NFTs, right? Just want to make sure. No. To, be, to be truthful, I did just get out of a Facebook trade. So I own Facebook at 205 and change. I sold it at 229 and I'm done with it. I want no part of the metaverse. They could... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have to laugh at it because it's so ridiculous. You know, I mean, they just want people to live in an alternate uh, frame of mind their whole lives. It's just a complete farce. But to be fair, like all valuation is based on human perception, right? If you can get enough people to perceive value, dollars flow into it. That's all it is. And we see that so often, especially with those little micro caps that go from $2 to 200 and then they collapse the next week and stuff like that, these pump and dumpers or whatever they are. I mean, it's just, you know, NFTs and, you know, all, I mean, this stuff is just ridiculous. But again, I call it the ultimate sign of froth. You know, when we look at this stock market, I'm looking at my watch, it's all on borrow time. So, you know, again, 
you know, enjoy the years you have left. I'm trying to make light of it all. And, uh, but you know, metaverse, all, all of this alternate reality, it's just ridiculous. Nick, your website is in the money Remind us what we'll find there. Well, you're going to find there um, a lot of trading information. We're doing a lot with education right now. Um, we have more people than ever coming over and saying, you know, you, you've helped change my life by showing me these charts. And um, I do a group every month called Market Mastery, and we meet once a month. I teach uh, one or two topics, uh, one or two strategies every month. We go for about uh, two to three hours. And it's helping people. And that's my goal is just to help people get through these times. And um, hopefully, you know, once you learn the charts, you could use it forever. You know, a lot of people laugh, but I, I, I back in 2011, it was October 2011, due to the charts, I told my whole trading group, which is a large amount of people, I said, and even my partner, I said, go buy all the real estate you can buy right now. And they said, what are you, crazy real estate? Nobody wants to own real estate. I said, go buy it right now. Every bit that you can get a hold of. Don't even worry about stocks. Just go buy real estate. And you know, the, even at the house I live in today, I bought it in 2011, uh, in October 2011. People laughed at me. And you know, everybody saw what r- real estate has done recently. Now, I wouldn't recommend they do that. But that was all due to charts. So learn those charts. You can use them in more ways than you think. It's not just stocks. Excellent. Well, Nick, thank you for sharing your insights today. Uh, It's great to be with you, Bill. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well, or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.